Let us pray. God of the silence, mighty God, with your glad and glorious greetings, banish all our fears and give us faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. If there is anything said from this pulpit that is against your will, let it come to naught and do no harm. But if there is anything said from this pulpit that is according to your will, let it be heard, as if sung by the voice of angels, that hearing we might believe, and believing, obey. Amen. People like me get listened to all the time. Maybe it's because we're so tall. <laughs> People like me get listened to all the time for a variety of reasons we get listened to. We get listened to and we become convinced then that we're right about everything. Because we get listened to so much. And you know, sometimes people like me, we, we are right about things, but sometimes we're not right about things and we forget that. We get really used to hearing the sound of our own voice. But this is really difficult for people like me, maybe for people like you too. Which is why God had to do what he did to Zechariah. Because Zechariah was like me, he was tall. <laughs> no, Zechariah was used to being listened to. Zechariah was a person of influence. Zechariah was a person of authority. He had the right background, he had the right pedigree. He was accustomed to being right. He was so accustomed to being right that when God told him, when the angel Gabriel, I just love the way the angel Gabriel reminds him where his authority comes from. When, when the angel Gabriel tells him that he will have a child in his old age, Zachariah protests. And then God takes this drastic measure in, in silencing him. As such, this allows Elizabeth's voice to be heard. In verse 25, Elizabeth gets to be heard because Zechariah had to be quiet. And what does she say? In verse 25, she says, The Lord has shown me favor. Just the kind of thing that you hope to hear around this time of year. The Lord has shown me favor. Gratitude for what God has done in our lives. It's something more of us need to hear said so that we can learn how to say it ourselves. The Lord has shown me favor. And so I'm going to take a seat and listen for the rest of the sermon. Listen to what someone who has a much different life than mine, a much different upbringing than mine, a much different skin color than mine, a, a different story than my own, hear what she has to say. Especially since I'm not right more than I'd like to admit. For instance, the last time I preached from this text was one of my last Sundays at my former church. On that Sunday, I shared about how 
Like Elizabeth, my wife Ari was pregnant with Lucy due the following June. But I promised that would be our last child. Turns out, like Zachariah, I was not right about that. So the Lord has shown us favor. Expect another little Phillips next June. And with that, I'm going to sit down. <laughs> and with that, don't expect me to be preaching on Zachariah and Elizabeth again anytime soon. such a grouch. Why don't you be nice to him every once in a while? And maybe, maybe he will name the baby after you. <laughs> uh -huh. That'd be wonderful. Maybe you can wish him congratulations. Okay. Congratulations, Nate. Where are you? Oh, congratulations, Nate and Ari. Wait. But he doesn't even know my name. Mm, you're right. What about he names the baby when the baby comes, and then we can give you that name. How about that? Oh, okay. That sounds like a great idea. Well, I'm so glad you're happy. Now, can you go away so I can preach? Okay. Goodbye, everybody. So when they told me about the baby, I said, it's your fifth one, as if he didn't know. <laughs> well, you know, he might have lost count. And I told him, it's the most important one, because you see, I'm the fifth one in the family and the last, which might not be the case in the Phillips household. <laughs> I was nine when I came to America. My four older sisters were obviously older, so they had studied English in Korea. Me, on the other hand, only knew one, two, three, and A, B, C. I literally did not know what came after three, and I did not know what came after C. Thrown into a school where there was only one Korean girl who hardly spoke Korean at all and who just did not want to do anything with me. I was alone most of the time, and I was silent in school. But there was only one phrase that I knew how to, how to, how to say in English with utmost confidence, and that was, I don't speak 
English. <laughs> it was the magic phrase that got me off the hook. I could hide behind those words, and no one expected anything from me. Most kids just walked away when I said those four words: "I don't speak English." This continued for the first six months or so of my life in America. By the sixth month, kids knew not to bother me anymore. I became invisible, a ghost. No one seemed to see me. I don't speak English became synonymous with my name. Hi, I don't speak English. Oh, there goes I don't speak English. But I was good with that. Because as long as I could hide behind those four words, no one would bother me or expect anything from me, and more importantly, I could remain silent. Maybe you also have a magic phrase that gets you off the hook. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm not smart enough. I'm not rich. I have too many babies. Sorry. <laughs> I'm too busy. That if you identify yourself with your seeming unavailability, disability, or inadequacy, others won't try to bother you. What is that phrase that you have come to identify with and hide behind, which has rendered you powerless? Invisible, voiceless. For Elizabeth, it was her barrenness. She wasn't seen as the esteemed priest's wife or the prestigious descendant of Aaron, but she was identified by her inability to bear children. Even Zechariah, her own husband, only saw her as someone who was too old and unable to bear a child. But God, but God saw Elizabeth and had favor on her, and in turn gave her voice so that she could give birth to the voice John the Baptist calling in the wilderness. When God saw her, she didn't need Zechariah to speak on her behalf. Quite literally, everyone could plainly see by her bulging belly that God had seen her. My silent period reached almost a year when I met a girl named Bethany. She was determined to be my friend. As much as I tried to hide, she followed me around. A funny and inquisitive fifth grader, she just would not leave me alone. She was by my side like a shadow, sometimes silent along with me, but many times trying to teach me English. I didn't know how to pronounce many of the English words. But there was one word in particular that I had a very difficult time pronouncing. That word was purple. I just could not pronounce purple for the life of me. We would spend Bethany and I would spend the entire recess practicing the word purple, until my face turned purple, and my tongue hurt. She was one of the first ones to truly see me, and help me find my voice. Quite literally, in a foreign land where I thought I was invisible. You see, we cannot help others find their voice unless we see them first. 
In ensuing verses, Mary comes to visit her cousin Elizabeth. When Elizabeth sees Mary, she is pregnant with Jesus and she blesses her. I believe Elizabeth was able to bless Mary because she had first been seen by God and Mary could sing the beautiful prayer Magnificat when she was truly seen by Elizabeth. We cannot help find others' voice unless we see them first. Roger Nishioka, in an essay about mentoring young adults, says this, Everyone yearns to be recognized, to be truly seen. It is stunning how many young people believe they're overlooked by most adults around them. Faithful mentoring of adolescents begins with recognizing the young person, truly seeing them, and letting them know that you recognize and see them. It starts with naming them and explicitly telling them about the gifts you see demonstrated through their actions. Just like how Bethany, who truly saw me, just like my eighth grade reading teacher, who truly saw me and recognized my innate love for language and fought to put me in ninth grade honors English, which eventually led me to major in English in college. Just like my youth pastor, who truly saw me and my gifts for ministry and encouraged me to go to seminary. Just like our senior pastor, who truly saw me and fell silent in the middle of his sermon so that I may rise and preach. But more than anything, God saw me, a silent nine-year-old girl in a foreign land and sent a friend to help me find my voice. So about a year and a half passed, and I no longer said, I don't speak English. I no longer hid behind those words, thanks to Bethany. I became a sixth grader. A boy from Pakistan who couldn't speak English came to my class. His name was Lincoln. He knew one, two, three, and ABC just like I did. But unlike me, he couldn't even, he didn't even know how to say, I don't speak English. If anyone talked to him, he simply smiled and nodded. And guess what? I spent my recess with Lincoln every day, sometimes silently, but most of the time helping him pronounce the word equivalent to my purple. Brothers and sisters, God saw us through layers of our sin and sent Jesus so that we may find our voice. Just as God saw Elizabeth, God saw you through all your inadequacies and hardships and had favor on you. In turn, Elizabeth saw Mary, and Mary found the voice to sing a moving and magnificent prayer. Friends, this is the spirit of Advent. So then, let me ask you this question. Who are the people in your life who truly saw you? For a minute, I want you to think about that someone who truly saw you and helped you find your voice. So I'm going to give you a minute of silence.
What did you hear? Who did you see? Who did you think of? Hold that person in your heart. And may you go and be that person to whoever needs to be seen today. Amen.